This is Zayn Yaakov. We are up to the entry uh, Tzadik Aleph. We're in the middle of it. We're on page Reish Mem Aleph in our books. We're in the middle of the story of Yosef and how Yosef was able to conquer his, his Yetzahara. We talked last time at length about how Yosef was attempted by Potiphar's wife, how there's an opinion that he went that day to do an Avera with her and saw a reflection of his father and was reminded not to do the Avera. And we had multiple Mepharshim on that. Uh, let's do a little bit of reading before we talk today. We're up to the word Tana. Tana. Okay, bye. <laughs> Yesef was supposed to, the plan was that 12 Shvatim would come out of Yesef. So I guess the plan was to be Avram Yitzchak Yaakov Yesef and then the Shvatim would come out of Yesef. That was the plan. That there would be 12 Shvatim coming out of Yesef. Yesef, not Yaakov, Yesef. Yesef was supposed to have his own 12 Shvatim just like Yaakov had his own 12 Shvatim. That's why it says, that the same way Yaakov would have 12 Teldas, so too Yesef was going to have 12 Teldas. What happened? Uh, because, because of Lush uh, and right? What happened was, as we talked about yesterday, he was, uh, he was very tempted by Potiphar's wife. He decided he wasn't going to do it when he saw the reflection of his father. So he took his fingernails and he dug them into the ground. And we said that the Lushan brought in Yaakov is that the taiva flew out through his fingertips. It seems the zera, the seed, flew out through his fingertips. And that was, he lost 10 of the 12 because there's 10 fingers. He threw that lost 10 of the 12 tribes he was going to have. The other two didn't come out through his fingertips, so he did have two tribes. He contributed to Yaakov, uh, two tribes, right? He has Ephraim and Manasseh, but he would have contributed 10. He would have had 10 Shvatim, I'm sorry, another 10, 12 total, had it not been for this incident with the fingernails in the ground. I'm up again. Nonetheless, Yatsum ibn Yaman These ten did go somewhere, though. They came out of Binyamin, his brother. Binyamin had ten kids, and they were all named after Yosef. So although Yosef himself did not get ten kids because he lost them through his fingers, nonetheless, uh, Binyamin had those ten kids and named them after Yosef. So it gets a consolation prize. Huh? I'm sorry? If not for this, he would have had twelve, yeah. I guess Binyamin wouldn't have had the ten, yeah. Right, somebody gains, somebody loses. Good question. They were all named after Yesus. So that's a consolation prize. Shinamar says in the Pasuk, that the children of Binyamin were Bela, Becher, Ashbel, Gera, Naman, Achiv, Reish, Mupim, Chopim, Va'ard. I believe that's 10. Did anybody count? Don't tell me if it's not. Bella. Why is he named Bella? They're after Yosef. So Bella, Shnivla Bena Umas. He was named Bella because Yosef was swallowed by the nations. Becher, Shai Becher Le'ima, because he was the firstborn of his mother. Ashbel, because Shishavikel, I think that's because God, re- God returned him or God, retur- God, God will bring him back, I believe. Shishavikel, Geira, Shigar Achzania, Geira, because he lived in places that were not his home. Achzanias are places you stay when you're traveling. Naaman, Shnayim Biyesa, because he was very beautiful. Achi, Veresh, he's my brother and he's also my reish, Achi, Vereshi, who is my brother, and he's also my, my leader. Mupim, Vichupim. You can imagine, some guy was walking around with the name Mupim, and that is a valid name. That's one of the names of Binyamin's kids. You can name your child Mupim. No one can tell you what's wrong. A tzaddik, Ben Tzaddik, named Mupim. That'd be exciting. Can you imagine? Mupim, Ben Menachem Mendel. Mupim, Mupim, Vichupim. Because he did not see my chuppah, and I didn't see his chuppah. Ve'ard. Uh, some people say Ard is because she Ard of Enumus because he went down Ard among the nations because his face looked like a rose I want to give you some more commentary before we move on on what was going on with Yosef and his temptations and one of them is a, a question that a bunch of Mepharshim ask which is why was he tempted in the first place? I thought that, uh, I thought Yosef was a big tzaddik. It sounds like Yosef almost gave in to temptation. Obviously in Das Tachten that makes some sense. He's a lonely person who's, uh, who's lost his entire family, who somebody finally shows him affection. I understand maybe for a normal person why this is a problem, but he's Yosef a tzaddik. So to give me this whole, um, to give me this, uh, uh, it's hard to imagine Yosef being tempted. It sounds like the Mepharsh were willing to say that he almost went through with it. What is going on here? So there's an Ian Yaakov which asks a similar question. The Ian Yaakov says, why are we not Melamed Tzchos? 
Yosef's a tzaddik. There's more than one way to read these psukim. The, the pasuk says that he went to do his job. Huh? Maybe he thought it was right. It was right? Let's see. Let's see. Um, kind of. Some people are going to say that. So hold that thought, Levi. That's a good one. Um, but let's ask the question first. The question is that the Pasuk just says that he went to do his malacha. There's no reason to read this al Drush. If we read Pshat, Yosef's a good guy who went to do his job, who, uh, who got attacked by a lady. Why are we making a drusha to make Yosef into a rasha? This just doesn't, or into a, into a person tempted. This doesn't, doesn't sound right. So the Inyakov's answer is that we would say that Hashem was not just if Hashem put him in prison for 12 years when he didn't do anything wrong. That's a real problem, right? If Yosef does nothing wrong and Hashem throws him in a pit for 12 years, we say, Hashem, where's your justice? But since Yosef almost did the Avera, this justifies Hashem throwing him in jail. So the Mepharshim are defending Yosef or defending Hashem. Some of the Mepharshim say, let's defend Yosef. He's a big tzaddik. He didn't do any Averas. He just went to go do his job. Other Mepharshim say, let's defend Hashem. He wouldn't have put Yosef in a pit if he didn't do something wrong. Must be he was about to do something wrong. So Ian Yaakov says, the Amorayim with their two opinions are deciding whether to defend Yosef or defend Hashem. There's a Shach al I don't have to do anything. It's what the Inyakov says. I, I think almost everybody who's in jail for 12 years sees it as a punishment. It's kind of a rough way to treat a guy who didn't do anything wrong. Hashem has many ways to, uh, many ways to make people rise to power. I don't know, 12 years. Okay, fine. No, but he stayed for 12 years because he didn't believe in Hashem. You can tell that you're ready to go to the Shah B'Tachin Shir. This is the way we do it, right? I'm in jail for 12 years. It's God's kindness. I don't know. I don't think the Inyakov says that. Yeah, yeah, he stayed because of his lack of... Maybe Hashem was protecting him from this. No, no, I hear. The second part is that he stayed in jail for 12 years because he told him to start a hostage. I hear, I hear. I hear. I agree, what, he couldn't have been second in command if he went to jail for six months? I don't know, whatever. That's the Yanyakov. Tell you, this is Shach Alatera. Don't be afraid. This is just the Shach Alatera. Shach Alatera says that it's a little bit further than that. He says that Yosef put himself into this position to protect Hashem's reputation. How do you like that? Shach Alatera says that Yosef specifically put himself in the way of temptation to protect Hashem's justice so that nobody would say that he didn't deserve being sold into slavery in the first place. People were saying, Yosef, you're a big tzaddik. Why would Hashem do this to you? He sent you to Mitzrayim. He had your brothers throw you in a pit. Is this Hashem, how Hashem treats a tzaddik? So Yosef said, you know what? I'm going to make sure no one says any tainas against Hashem. I'm going to go do Averas. So he walked over to do Averas. There's a Shach Alatera. He went to go do Averas or to at least tempt himself with Averas to demonstrate that Hashem was just in selling him, in selling him to Mitzrayim. Uh, he took one for the team, so to speak. There's a Yavitz. The Yavitz says that he really was tempted, and the Gemara is telling us his greatness by saying that even though he planned to do it, he stopped at the last minute, meaning that there's no commentary that says that he was supernaturally stopped. One version is, one version of our Gemara is that Yosef never wanted to do the Avera and got attacked. The other version is that he was about to do the Avera, had an enormous Yetzirah. Huh? After months and months of, right, he was tempted for a very long time. And, uh, and, he find, and he was able to push it away. So, this, so which one's saying a nicer thing about Yosef? What's nicer to say about him? That he never had a Yetzirah or that he beat the hardest Yetzirah? Both are nice things to say. So says the Yavitz, both opinions are saying nice things about Yosef. There's not a Lamed Tzchus here. It depends on whether your highest version of a person is a tzaddik or a benini. But depending on what you want to call it, that's how the Yavitz puts it, it's my lotion. But uh, the question is, uh, both sides are saying something nice about Yosef. The question is, which is the nicer thing to say? I guess, right? In the lotion of a... Maybe you become a tzaddik. He's called Yosef a tzaddik. He was a tzaddik. There's a ben Yayada. The ben Yayada says something very strange. He says that Yosef wanted to give himself a nisayan and he passed the test. Now we know we're not allowed to give ourselves tests. That's not something you're supposed to do. But I don't know if Yosef knew that. That's something we learned from David Amalek. So it's possible Yosef didn't know that you weren't supposed to put yourself in a nisayan. Sounds like Yosef just wanted to test how good he was at beating his Yetzirah. And indeed he did beat his Yetzirah. So I guess he was just as good as he thought. That's a ben Yayada. There's a Magid Liakov that's from the Magid Mimezrich. You'll find it in entry 18. 18- 
through 20. Sometimes you'll get like a Yudches through Chaf, and it's not three entries. It's just one entry that has three labels on it. I, I don't know why the book's ordered that way. The entire book, Magid Dvarov and, uh, and Aratera, confuse me as the layouts go in general. I have no idea what went, into, what went into making this, because a lot of times it's the exact same things, just in different places. I don't know why it wasn't put into one book. I have a million questions about these Sfarim. But nonetheless, these are the words of the Magid. The Magid says that Yosef was tempted by Potiphar's wife's beauty. He was tempted by how beautiful she was. She was very pretty, and he wanted her because she was beautiful. Really, Magid? He wanted a beautiful lady? Not at all. He was tempted by the fact that, uh, well, there's a medrash that says she would change her clothes all the time. The medrash says that she would wear a different outfit in the morning than she did in the evening. Can you imagine women like this? A lot of women do this nowadays. I guess back then this was particularly surprising. Huh? Right, so the, but at the time that the Medrash wrote this, this was like, oh, you really, want to, you really want to talk about a woman who cares about her appearance? She changed her clothes sometimes. So she would change her clothes sometimes. He was very impressed by her beauty and the clothing that she wore. Says the Maggot. The Maggot says that she represented the Tferis of this world. And Yosef initially confused the beauty of this world with holy beauty. He saw something beautiful in Gashmias and said, maybe that's something beautiful in Ruchnias. And he confused the two emotions because Yosef has a direct line to Tferis. Yosef is very close to his father. His father is Tferis. Also, he's the Kav in the middle that's Yisaid, which is very close to Tiferes. He also relates very closely to Tiferes, which is his father, Emes Liakiv. So he has a real connection with the Mida of Tiferes, which means he's drawn toward beautiful things in both Gashmias and in Ruchnias. So he was drawn toward her because he was a little bit, his wires got crossed. He's programmed to like beautiful things in Ruchnias. He sees a beautiful woman in Gashmias and he's drawn toward her initially. Then his father's face appears to him and he goes, oh, that is the wrong Tiferes. I picked the wrong Tiferes. That's the right Tiferes. Why does Yaakov appear to him? of all people. Uh, Yaakov appears to him because he goes, no, you think that's Tiferes? Let me show you what real holy beauty looks like. So while he's chasing secular beauty, he sees at that moment holy beauty and goes, never mind, there is no similarity at all between these two things. And he runs outside, he flees the Tiferes of Gashmias and embraces that which is outside the world, Achutza, and embraces the things that are Tiferes de Shebe Kedusha, Tiferes that is on the Kedusha side. I had planned on doing the rest of this paragraph but uh, we did finish this one, right? So we're going to Tzadik Bays. I think we're going to stop a minute early tonight because I don't want to start Tzadik Bays. So we'll start Tzadik Bays next time. Thank you all very much.